Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Now your host, Timothy George. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm delighted that today on the Beeson Podcast, Dr. Robert Smith Jr. and I have the privilege of introducing you to one of the great preachers of the evangelical tradition, Dr. Warren W. Wearsby. Now, I have to say just a personal word before I ask Dr. Smith to comment on this sermon we're going to hear, because I first met and heard Warren Wearsby when I was just a teenager uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He would come to the Highland Park Baptist Church for one of the great Bible conferences there, and I still remember today, all these years later, the sermon Warren Wearsby preached back in what would have been about 1964 65. Uh, over the years, he's been a great friend and encourager to me and to Beeson Divinity School. In fact, when we began the school back in 1988, there are two people I called on the telephone and said, uh, could you tell me how to start a brand new divinity school from scratch? Uh, one of them was Dr. James Earl Massey. The other one was Dr. Warren W. Wearsby. And Dr. Wearsby, I'll never forget what he said. He said, well, Timothy, uh, you, you got to pray and you got to read the Bible. Like like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sound like him. And no one, like no one can sound like Dr. Wearsby. He has this wonderful, lilting, kind of gravelly voice and draws you in. And, of course, he became just a stalwart at our Beeson Pastor School many, many years, preached at all kinds of special occasions. And, in fact, the sermon we're going to hear today was preached right here in Hodges Chapel at Beeson at one of our convocations uh, just about uh, eight or nine years ago. Now, Dr. Smith, you've known Dr. Wearsby also for a long time, and you love and respect him as much as I do. So uh, tell us a little bit about your relationship with him and what we're going to listen to today in this great sermon. I heard Warren W. Wearsby when I was 21 years of age. He passed to the Calvary Baptist Church in Latonia, Kentucky. One of his members worked at the J.C. Penney Company, where I was serving as a management trainee and was very, very much impressed with him and have followed his uh, preaching uh, ministry since then. The quote by someone he refers to as Marston uh, figures centrally in this sermon because it's comparable to what he wants to talk about, and that is questions that we need to ask ourselves if Jesus is measuring our ministry. He's preaching to students, and he's preaching to uh, believers at the Beeson Chapel, and the, the statement that uh, Marston makes, make every occasion a great occasion. You can never tell when somebody may be measuring you for a bigger place, which Dr. Dr. Wiersbe uses in a very affirmative way, saying in essence that if uh, a person is faithful over a few things, that uh, the Lord has a way of promoting this person, that that person may be used in a much more multifaceted and much more expansive uh, context. Now, there are two things as he develops this that I think people will listen for. One is the very practical wisdom. Very much so. You know, th- this is a sermon that yeah. you, you can take and apply to your life, to your ministry. Because evaluation, being measured, is something we all have to be engaged in at some level or other. And so he wants to say, who is the real measurer of our ministry? And it, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the other thing I would say is uh, his humor. Talk about the way he uses humor. Warren Wiersbe doesn't believe in jesting, just trying to be funny. 
In fact, he uses humor because that is part of that which comes through the pores of his natural personality. He opens you up with humor so that you are laughing. And then he takes the sword and the dagger of truth and sticks it in you so that he moves from a kind of hilarity to a kind of a holy stab to open you up in order to confront you with the truth that he is presenting before you. A lot of humor in sermons, I think, falls flat because people are telling jokes or trying to be funny. The humor that Warren Wearsby uses seems to flow from the text itself. It's natural, and it kind of reaches out and grabs you. And as you say, stabs you. That's a good word for it because uh, it's a way of bringing his points uh, to clarity in our mind and unforgettableness, too. Exactly. He brings up a point. He said, Dr. Uh, E.K. Bailey, our friend uh, who went to be with the Lord, said um, that if you make too many changes in your ministry, early on in your ministry, uh, the only address basically that will be changed is yours. That's great. Uh, and it's, it's humorous, but it's really, really true. Yeah. Well, Warren Wearsby will be known to many of our listeners uh, because of his many years uh, on the Back to the Bible radio broadcast. I remember it. And before that, he was the senior pastor of Moody Church. He's had a life of Great ministry involved with Billy Graham, a youth for Christ, a great writer. I've yes. written hundreds, over a hundred books. Yes. And continues to produce now in his eighties. Well, yes. we love Warren Wearsby here at Beeson Divinity School. And you're going to love this sermon, Measured for Ministry, preached in Hodges Chapel in about 2003 in one of our convocations. So listen now to the great Warren Wearsby. Dean George and Mr. Hodges and distinguished faculty and wonderful student body, it is indeed a privilege to be here. At my age, it's a privilege to be anywhere. (laughs) Just above my computer desk is a little piece of paper that's getting brown and fragile, but it's been there for a long time. I cut it out of a newspaper many years ago. I am a, an addictive clipper, and I have these boxes full of clippings that I should file away someday. But this one sits where I can see it. It's a quotation from a man named Marsden. I don't know who he is. I should research that. And this is what it says. Make every occasion a great occasion. You can never tell when somebody may be measuring you for a bigger place. Make every occasion a great occasion, for you never can tell when somebody may be measuring you for a bigger place. That's what Jesus was doing with Peter and his partners, measuring them. They didn't know it. The Lord doesn't always tell us when he's measuring us and when people are measuring us. But if Jesus were here today measuring us, I think there are some questions we had better ask ourselves. And based on this passage, I'd like to just drop into your heart some of these questions that You and I need to ask ourselves, because the Lord's policy 
on ministry is, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Ministry means going from few things to many things, which means more responsibility, but also more opportunity. It means working, being a servant, and then, of course, being promoted to being a leader, which is a servant with a uniform on. Question number one, how do I respond to disappointment? Peter and his associates had fished all night and caught nothing. If I had fished all night and caught nothing, I would be selling my boats. How do you respond to disappointment? Over these more than 50 years of ministry, we've been in contact with many, many people in the service of the Lord. And every once in a while you meet somebody who is always ready to quit. I heard about one pastor who carried his resignation in his pocket, all signed. All he had to do was fill in the date. Now, that's not the way to go into ministry. (laughs) My good friend E.K. Bailey says that he tells his preacher boys, First Bailey won one, which is... If you make too many changes, the only thing that's going to change is your address. Well, there's some truth to that. But how do you respond and how do I respond to disappointment? This is why Jesus called fishermen. It's likely that seven of the apostles were fishermen. Fishermen know how to work together. Fishermen don't quit. Now, some fishermen exaggerate. He didn't call them for that reason. (laughs) But fishermen are patient. They're tenacious. Spurgeon said that by tenacity and dedication, the snails made it to the ark. And that's what we need. That's what we need for pastors and missionaries and Christian workers. How do you respond to disappointment? They'd fished all night and caught nothing, and yet, and yet... Their greatest catch was just a few minutes away. I have a suspicion that older pastors stay too long and younger pastors don't stay long enough. I may be wrong. How do you respond to disappointment? In John 21, our Lord performed the same miracle. You remember they'd gone out to fish, I'm going fishing, we're going with you. And they'd fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus shows up on the shore and says, cast the net on the right side of the ship. The difference between success and failure was the width of the ship. You never know how close you are to success. How do you respond to disappointment? Now, if you're the kind that sits and pouts, somebody's measuring you. Question number two, how do you respond to authority? Jesus steps into the boat and tells Peter what to do with Peter's boat. My Lord is utterly sovereign. Thank God he does not call committee meetings. Spurgeon said the committee was a group of people who individually could do nothing and collectively decide nothing can be done. 
my Lord steps into the boat and, and commands the boat. Tells Peter what he ought to do. Now, God's authority is upon us. We are not serving people. We're serving the Lord. When you read the Old Testament scriptures of the ordination of the priests, over and over again, the Lord God says that they may serve me, that they may serve me, not Israel. That's true. We serve people. But we serve people because we serve the Lord. How do I respond to authority? Many years ago, P.T. Forsyth, the uh, British theologian, made a statement that lodges in my heart, and I can't forget it. I didn't hear him say it, but I read it in one of his books. He said this, The purpose of life is not to find your freedom, but to find your master. For when you find your master, you find your freedom. Our Lord Jesus Christ did not look upon ministry as a burden. It wasn't punishment. It was nourishment. My food is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work. And if what God has called you to do does not nourish you spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, you may be in the wrong calling. Our number one daughter is an OB nurse up in the Chicago area, and she has a little sign on her locker at the hospital that reads, I am not here to make a living. I am here to make a difference. We need that in ministry. How do I respond to disappointment? God's measuring me. How do I respond to authority? And how do I respond to innovation? Now, this is this interests me so much. I love the Apostle Peter. Whenever I hear a preacher, and don't you ever do it. If you do, I'll haunt you. Uh, whenever I hear a preacher criticize Peter or make, make some statement, we are not worthy to carry Peter's shoes. He was a great man. Spoke out of turn sometimes, but think of how much Bible we wouldn't have. (laughs) If Peter had not asked a few questions. A little bit impulsive at times, well, welcome to the club. How do you respond to innovation? Jesus steps into the boat and says, now, just push a little ways from the land. All right, I can do that. And so Peter was a captive audience. He was sitting there cleaning his nets and listening to the word. And then our Lord says, let's launch out into the deep water. Now, Peter could have said, Lord, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. You don't catch fish in this lake. In the deep water, in the daytime, you catch fish in the shallow water, in the nighttime. But Peter submitted to God's authority. I trust that God will not give to us a cookie-cutter ministry. I trust that there will be innovations. Jesus takes a boat and uses it for a pulpit. 
There's a good innovation for you. Uh, Vernon McGee said one day, every pulpit should be a fishing boat. And he's right. Fishing for souls. How do I respond to innovation? Am I willing to forget my expertise? Peter was an expert fisherman. Am I willing to turn my back on my own experience? Well, Peter had to do that. The Lord said, I'm sending you off to see some Gentiles. Oh, not so, Lord. For I have never. That's the confession of every committee member. Not so, Lord. I have never. But please don't ever say that. I thank God that early in my ministry, I spent four years in Youth for Christ. Where if you could explain what was going on, God didn't do it. And all what we learned, how God loves to just do something differently. Methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, principles never do. But when you follow methods that are based on biblical principles, God sometimes does something different. Be open to that. How do you respond to disappointment? How do we respond to authority? How do we respond how do we respond to innovation? You know, for Peter to push out into that deep water took some courage. There was a huge crowd on the shore, and many of them were fisher people. And I can just see them nudging each other and say, Look what that look what Simon's doing. You don't he's not gonna catch anything. He did. And Jesus was glorified. Which leads us to our fourth question. How do I respond to success? You know, there are many people who don't know how to handle success. Here here are Peter and uh, James and John and the boat is sinking and the nets are full. How did Peter respond to success? He called for others to come and share in it. He said, come on out here and help us. There's plenty for everybody. Oh, may we always remember that there is no competition in the work of God. I get just a little bit weary of of some of the promotion I see, some of the advertising for the Lord's work. Everything is great. The greatest choir, the greatest author, the greatest book. Only God is great. And Peter, when he saw this marvelous blessing, helped his friends to share in it. And oh, how we need that today. Years ago, when I was getting started in ministry, there were some folks who helped me. And I said to the Lord, Lord, if ever I get to a place where I can help others, I want to do it. And what a joy that is. But even more than that, Peter's success did not inflate him. Martin Lloyd-Jones said to me one day, it is a sad thing when a person succeeds before they are ready for it. 
That's true. Peter falls down at the knees of Jesus, who's sitting in the boat, and says, I am a sinful man. Now, I just want you to know I'm carnal enough that if I had been in that boat and caught all those fish, I wouldn't be at the knees of Jesus saying I'm a sinful man. I'd be in the front of the boat hollering to the crowd, I am a successful man. We will be having seminars. And if you can't come to the seminar, the videos are available. <laughs> oh, we have so much of that today. There's no competition in the work of the Lord because anything that happens, God did it. And I've noticed this. It's one of the few things I've learned in ministry. I've noticed this, that people who know how to handle success and give God the glory... People who are humbled by success are not devastated by criticism. And Peter was one of them. They were being measured for ministry. They had no idea what was going to happen. And Jesus said, follow me. That's all you have to do. Just follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Up till now, you've been catching live fish, and when you catch them, they die. From now on, you're going to catch dead fish, and when you catch them, they're going to live. And Peter got up and began to follow. He walked right into the book of Acts. Oh, what happened to Peter in the book of Acts? And it all started on that day on the Sea of Galilee when he was being measured for ministry. Make every occasion a great occasion. You can never tell when somebody might be measuring you for a bigger place. And Jesus is always measuring us because he wants us to grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And oh, what a privilege that is. Grant our Father that we shall by your grace measure up to the glory of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast with host Timothy George. You can subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at our website, BeesonDivinity.com. Beeson Divinity School is an interdenominational evangelical divinity school training men and women in the service of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast will aid and encourage your work, and we hope you will listen to each upcoming edition of the Beeson Podcast.